You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine, to all of those people who lived well and died well and are ready, willing, and able to be ancestral helping spirits for us here today. I call out to those spirits who bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines and bring them through to us that we might lean into that legacy, that we might learn from those who have gone before us to understand what really doesn't work here in the world and to draw from their wisdom and their experience to create and co-create that which is needed in our time. We call out to these ancestral helping spirits to help us, the living, to be the medicine that our time is calling out for. And as these ancestral helping spirits gather around us, let us reach even further to those older ancestors, those who are not human, those who have been here before anyone ever thought of a human and will be here long after. So we call out to all of those even older ancestors, those who are not in human form, and we ask them to be with us here today to help us to tune into our own true nature, to have a better understanding of those things that truly abide in life. In other words, to help us to remember to cultivate those things within our soul that do go with us when we die. And to not be just so distracted by those things that will not, that will vanish, like the illusions that they truly are. So we call out to these non-human helping spirits to help us to understand our place as humans in the great web of life and to fully fill that place with the beauty that we have to bring to be the blessing that we were meant to be and to do our part to infuse our own human loving energy into that web of life. And as these ancestors gather around us, let us as the humans choose now to draw our energy from wherever it might be fully into our own mind and gathering there in the mind, let us draw it from the mind to our hearts. And from our hearts, let us take a nice deep breath and send the energy from our hearts to our bellies. And in our bellies, let us take a moment to focus, to become still, to stop doing the many things we tend to do these days simultaneously and to focus just for this moment to touch the earth, to reach down, touch the earth, even if it's only with your mind, to touch the earth and to give thanks for this day. Thanks for the wonder of your life. Thanks for the beauty and the diversity. Thanks for the generosity in the earth's dreaming so that anything here can be changed as long as we are still breathing, as long as we are willing to commit our heart to that task. We call out to the energy of the earth in enormous gratitude to simply hear our awe and wonder at life and our gratitude for being part of it. 
And as we reach our energy down through all the layers of the earth, let our heart's love and gratitude pour out into all of the layers as we reach down and down and down into the center of the earth. For it is from this connection, this connection to the Great Mother, that those of us who choose to move from the heart and the world can stay grounded and do so in a way that is meaningful and has purpose. And so let us take us a moment and sink in deep to the center of the earth, to these energies that draw their magic, draw their power, draw their strength from silence, from stillness, from darkness. And let us reach into that earth energy and begin to draw it up, drawing the earth's energy up into our lives, into these proceedings, into our day. We draw up the wisdom of manifestation so that we can learn how to be here in form in a good way. We draw up the energies that nourish and restore. We draw up the energies that replenish and refresh and renew. We draw up these energies that are that pure potential before it becomes manifest in form in some way of abundance and beauty and life. So as we call these energies up into ourselves, let us draw on these energies to help us to actually understand connection that allows all of this to be real. That we understand our own connection to ourselves, to our body, to the earth. We know who we are, where we stand, and why we stand here. What has heart and meaning for you? And may we build our sense of home, not on history, not on place, not on habit, but on that which has heart and meaning in our lives. And may that sense of home and hearth and belonging be forged within us in a way that leaves the door open for those who are other than we are. Let us not be dependent on sameness and simplicity and oversimplifying things, but let us reach deeply into the other and invite the other in to provoke us into becoming the men and the women that we are here to be and with this energy of the earth, let us come to better understand connection within ourself, right relationship with others, with our environment, and right relationship with the invisible world. And with the energy of the earth moving through us, let's begin to draw it up from our bellies to our heart, our hearts to our minds, our minds up and out through the air, through the sky, and through the weather. Whatever it holds in store for you, connect to it. Be real with the life that is happening all around you. This is the message from Earth. And as we draw our energy up through the sky above us into the atmosphere and the cosmos, we reach out with our imagination, with our sense, with our vision out into the cosmos. Out through the stars and the heavenly bodies, we reach all the way to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name we know this energy, whatever way we conceive it, let us reach up to it and draw it down. Drawing these energies down into ourselves, into our day, into these proceedings. And in this way, we call into ourselves the essence energy of blessing. We call these blessings in and draw in the energy of protection. We allow this protection in and we call out to commitment and devotion and the benevolence of this universe. And may it flow into our lives. We call out to the inspiration and the illumination that can help us to find the way even the darkest night of the soul when we call out to the beneficence of this universe and let us remember where we are and the true nature 
of this experience. We draw these energies in from our head to our heart to our belly and send it down to the center of the earth. And in this way, we humans become the meeting place of these two great energies, the above and below, heaven and earth, yin and yang. We call these energies into ourself and allow them to come together in that great wholeness that they create, that big love. And may the big love of these energies awaken the spirit of your own heart. May it come alive with what the day has in store for you and open up that great crucible of transformation that lives there in the human heart. And may that crucible draw up the fiery passions of the belly that carry that resonance for why we are here. And let us draw down the crystal clarity of the mind, that ability to assess, to create, to innovate how it is that we might do what we have come here to do. So we draw these energies together in the great crucible of transformation that lives in the heart and we let them dance. Let them dance a wild, fiery, passionate tango of a dance so that what is born from those energies coming together in the heart is our memory, our sense, our feeling, our understanding in some way of why we are here. And let us find in that heart the courage to do something, large or small, to bring that heart memory of why we are here into manifestation in the world. And let us remember the countless, the unbelievable amount of spirit help that we have to do that. So we give thanks for all of those helping spirits and we ask that what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard and that these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all life. So I give enormous gratitude to the 25 intrepid people who joined me at Mass of Illusion and the Authentic Self to begin the cycle of transformation here. Um, I'm a bit tired today, a little bit tongue-tied, having just returned, but my heart is full, my soul is nourished from the beauty of these people facing what it is that um, scares them and doing it anyway. And so with great gratitude, I thank them for being with me in the work, and I give thanks to Karen and Eunice and Remy, Jennifer, Pamela, Monica, Walter, and all the listeners who donate financially to the show. It is through your donations that this show is able to be available, not just as live shows once a week, but in the archives at whyshamanismnow.com and on iTunes. And I am deeply grateful for those of you that are able to help me to keep the show available to anyone in the world, anywhere, who is able to connect to the internet. And for those of you that do other things to help the show to be um, vital and alive, I give gratitude. There are many, many ways that we can keep this show um, available and uh, relevant, meaningful. It, It takes both your willingness to share, your willingness to draw these teachings into your life, to practice, to to share them with others, to wrestle with them, to try to break them, to come up with questions and to come up with new show ideas and all of this that we are all doing to make this possible. So I have enormous gratitude for the miracle, really, that this has all turned out to be. Um, And so with great thanks, um, I invite you all to do what is the very essence in the heart of shamanism, which is to allow those things that move your heart, so if that's the show, Uh, to let your heart move you into action. Let your heart motivate your actions in the world and do something, large or small, to help the show to grow. And I thank you all for all that you are doing. 
So today we're continuing in this series of um, the, the sort of subtle differences in working with the energies that either are helping spirits or are energies that are willing to behave as if they're helping spirits with us as we work in our shamanic practices. And our guest um, today is Daniel Abney. And he is joining us to help us today to talk about working with plants and elemental helping spirits. And so last week, um, Anna Lara Mendy talked about some of the bigger earth energies the, and the earth herself. And we're talking today about those energies that are with us. I like to call them the ones that are temporal and changing, moving through the seasons with us, those that are in very direct relationship with us and in part because of that, um, directly impacted by us. Um, so Daniel discovered his strong relationship with plant spirits and the elemental spirits through his exploration of shamanism and decades of dedicated spiritual practice in with many, uh, not many, but with several different teachers. And today he offers himself as a geomancer and a healer to the energies of the earth. Um, the elementals and the plant spirits who are often set awry by the unconscious human actions around them. He is a founding member of the Last Mass community and is uh, regularly called upon by the community to work with the earth elements and plant spirits um, to help us with retreat sites and um, other ritual locations that house the Last Mass community's work and the teachings. So Daniel um, can be found at danielabney.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-A-B-N-E-Y, danielabney.com. Um, and, and at that website, you'll connect with Daniel through his massage practice. He has trained uh, beginning with the Brennecke School of Massage in 1992. And he has been active in advanced trainings and certifications ever since, accumulating more than 3,000 hours of formal massage education. Daniel's curiosity and fascination with the human body and its amazing and beautiful intersupporting systems is an inspiration for his drive to keep studying and learning. So Daniel is located for the lucky people that are located in, around the Seattle area in Seattle, Washington, for those who might want to see him um, live and in person. Um, but if you have questions about today's show, you are welcome to email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org or to email Daniel at danielabney at gmail.com. And you could certainly email either one of us after the show as well. But we are live today. So if you have questions about today's topic, feel free to call in at co-creatornetwork.com. You can call in on the call-in number, 512-772-1938. Or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site. Um, either way, um, we'd be happy to engage with you live. So Daniel, welcome. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank you. Okay, so as I said, Daniel is currently in Seattle, um, and as you listen to what we're talking about here today, keep in mind that some of Daniel's work can be done at a distance, maybe he'll explain some of this to us, but some of it really must be done walking on the land, and so it's important for us in this day of moving everything to greater and greater virtual reality that part of what we're talking about today is the actual physical manifest reality of the other physical things living with you that also have spirit, um, not like you because they're not human spirits other than you, but um, val valued and valuable spirit energies nonetheless. Um, so, Daniel, why don't you share with us 
kind of when or how or what happened to help you to realize that some of those things that were communicating with you were actually plants and elemental spirits and not necessarily humans? Uh, Christina, as I was growing as a child, and I found that really often had this compulsion to be outside, wandering around, roaming as little boys will. And that was strong enough that I was usually in trouble for how frequently I was gone and for how long I was gone. But I couldn't stop myself. And as a child, you know, we're have all these awarenesses and these voices and these pulls and pushes around us. And we don't know that they're unusual because they're normal for us. And as I would find myself communicating with them and try to share that, that's where I discovered not everybody could do it. Not everybody wanted you to do it. And you might just keep that to yourself. And I found myself attracted to places sometimes where I did not understand at the time weren't just beautiful and wonderful, but they were hurting. But I didn't know what to do about it. And I... I think that's where I first also then began to realize that some of these wounded places drew in wounded people and that things would happen there. So when I ran into these places, I would, it mattered who was around me because I might need to leave or I could stay and just be with it the way you would a, a puppy who was wounded. And I did to do with all that until I started the mystical studies and started learning about healing through vibration. And mostly we were involving people, but I still had this sense that there was more to it than that. And then I ran into a man who was a geomancer and he had learned to do earth acupuncture. I was in my 20s, and it's like, oh, wow, I get it. I mean, sometimes as soon as somebody gives you a concept, you, you get it. You have it. You just hadn't been aware of it that way. And in that process, I started noticing being around other people who could do it, that they saw and heard and felt something different from me. And so you just keep asking, like, well, who's, who's that? What's that? And I remember one strong experience where I was just drawn to go sit under this tree once. And all of a sudden, I was sitting there and everything was beautiful. It was great. I started having trouble breathing and I couldn't breathe and everything got very tight. And I was kind of confused about what was going on. And I looked up and then I could see 
where someone had put all these wires around the trees over time and over this tree and had put up clotheslines and those ropes and those wires were cutting into the tree deep enough that it was starting to interfere with the flow of the of the fluids up and down the tree and I looked at the tree and I could see the tree was starting to get buggy so I got up and started clipping off wires and and all that each time I did my breath started getting better and that tree recovered now I did get in trouble from the person who owned the tree because I had cut their clothesline off and they told me they were going to put the lines back on and I said well fine I'm just going to cut them down again says, why don't you let me build your proper clothesline instead, which is what I did. So the tree was happy. They were happy. I was happy. I could breathe again. And um, I began to realize that plants would communicate to me. So later, as I get involved with healing people, and I started learning about essential oils, it was called, oh, well, they're communicating to me that way. If I got a bottles of essential oils and I need to find out what a person needs, who do I ask? The person or the oils? Well, I ask the oils. Who can help me here? If I'm working with crystals, I ask the crystals. Who here, what I have available, can help me here to help this person? And I find that they will call you. They'll pull you. If you get out of the way, they just kind of draw you in and do I have real surety that this is what is absolutely the best thing for them? No, I only know that's the best I've got available right at the moment. And so we, I use it. And it works. Um, and then the, the same thing with the earth. I just I go onto it and I ask, what is it? you need and see what it will communicate to me. And I never know if it's going to come through a voice, a feeling, a smell, a visual, because I'm not in charge of it. I'm just the receiver. So Daniel, I have a question that, that because I find that people often are the last person to know what they really need because they're caught up in whatever's creating the problem and they can't really see. Um, and I, and I, include myself when I talk about that with people, but does the earth usually know what it needs? Do you find that these nature energies actually are pretty clear what they need? Sometimes they're clear what the problem is, Mm -hmm. but they don't know what they need. They don't know the solution. Great. And so if it's, if we have a piece of property, perhaps I should begin this way and how I experience the earth is just as a human body has meridian lines and energy, particular energy paths and flows, so does the earth. They're just not mapped out the same way. But that whole principle as above and below, yeah, it works for me here too. So once I have identified what the property is that I need to look at, I use that's how I was taught to do it. I know some people can just look at a map and they see it. Other people have their ways. Everybody's got their own unique way and everybody can do it. But I use a pendulum 
and I will locate where these energy lines are going in, where they're going out, kind of how big and strong they are. That will vary according to how big a piece of property you're looking at. I look to see what the quality of that energy is. Is it life enhancing or is it life detrimental? Is it feel polluted? Is it running clear? Is it stagnant? You know, much the same way you would if you were an acupuncturist. And then I ask what's, I look to see what's in that. If it's a water line, what kinds of beings, fish, energetic fish, you know, energy water bugs, it's a complex universe. And I'd, so I just kind of look to see what's there and what's being affected. And then I'll ask, well, where's the source of the problem? Where's the source of the pollution and the block? And I try to find it. And sometimes I will hear or feel a consciousness that's not mine that guides me and says, this is where I hurt. This is where I feel a problem. This is where I live and I'm having a problem living here. And I look around to see what's happened, what has created that. Uh, so rather than make an angry entity leave, like where are they going to go if that's where they live? Then I ask, what do they need so they can live here well? Am I doing something that's making it impossible for them to be here? And often the answer is yes. And so how do I fix it? How do I create, fix it as well as I can so we can be good neighbors? Um, the, let's see how to say this. Some of these beings have been there a very, very long time. Some have very short lives, just like our physical beings. I'm not sure that those energetic beings see us any better than we see them. All they know is that something's wrong and they're trying to get attention. And so I try to make my awareness, my consciousness available to them to tell me what, what's happening, and we look for solutions. And sometimes I've had experiences where in order to move an energy, I could not physically get where I needed to go if I grabbed a hold of the energy and tried to move it. So I would ask the trees, can you help me? Can you take it through your leaves? Usually they'll take it through the roots. Or I'll have some sort of a block and some entity says, I can't get across that. So I say, take my hand, come with me, I will carry you across. And they take them across and boom, they're home. They just weren't able to get home. And they instantly, like the whole energy changes and you're, you have a, this sense of gratitude. So you know you got it right. And then I can ask those, those become my allies. I may not have a name. I may not know whether they were an elf or a fairy or a gnome or a troll or whatever, but I recognize their energy signature and I can ask them to help me and they usually will. So what, what's your sense then? Because we're talking about, you know, a whole energetic ecosystem of energies as varied yes. as any forest so it's really and i think especially for people new to working with non-embodied energies you know invisible energies 
you know, which is the interesting thing, of course, about the about nature is, you know, the cedar tree outside of my house that is planted here. There's a young cedar tree. It does have its own energetic spirit, if we will. But cedar tree as a species has a big, you know, grand spirit. And, and you know, so as people are trying to sort out who they're connecting with, I think in the beginning when you're con- we're connecting with the energies around us, it can be um, confusing for people. But, but for you, it, just in how it works for you, since, you know, maybe it only works for you this way, but it still helps people to understand how they might discover what works for them, I think, to share how it works for us. So, so for you, like, how do you sense the distinction between a, a significant plant spirit, you know, like a plant that, you know, is there year after year, let's say, and an elemental spirit, uh, I mean, an elemental Okay. An elemental has kind of a less complex story for me. This, like the fire has an essence. And so a fire spirit will always carry that essence. And it won't necessarily have this big, long story, but it has a, it, and it kind of has a job that it understands as its function. Um, this is why we all have trouble with this stuff, because it's, sometimes it's, it's pretty hard to put to words. So being challenged to do so is a good thing. That's so, pretty good, though. I mean, because we're really talking about essence energies yeah, when we're talking right. about elementals. Yeah, they are what they right. are. Yeah, they are what they are. They don't. They don't get so confused. They can be blocked. They can be resisted. They can be contained. But they don't. They don't get so confused about what their job is. Well, and part of their frustration, I think, isn't so much like human beings, which is usually very psychological or emotional frustration. (laughs) Their frustration, I think, is largely, I can't do my job. Yes, correct. It's very simple. You know, it's like, I can't do my job. If if I could do my job, I wouldn't be frustrated and angry anymore. Right. And so a water, a a spirit whose job was to protect the essence of a particular spring, when that spring gets dried up, if they're not given another job, they get very frustrated. They're just mm-hmm. sitting there unable to do anything because they mm-hmm. haven't been released. And, and I've had that experience where I've gone and there was a being and I asked, well, why are you here? This is because my job is to protect the springs. So there is no spring here anymore. And they're sort of like they say, um, yeah. So who gave you this job? And and they don't even remember. They're not able to tell me. You know, there's no spring here. You need to be released. You need to be allowed to move on. How can I help you do that? Is there another spring you can go to? Do you need to be, do you have a different job you can do? And there, sometimes that transition happens really fast. And as soon as they're released from it, the tension goes away in the area and the pain goes away. So I, in that case, 
the, the elemental is the patient. They're not what's being affected. They are the patient themselves. And so I was called there to help them not and not recreate a spring where this where the it's just not going to happen again there the spring is somewhere else and and this is it gets kind of confusing with humans too when you if they have what some people would call a possession they have something attached to them how do you know like why are they attached to them and and they become the patient the thing that's attached to the human is the patient. And once you help them figure out where they need to be and what to do, sometimes they go. And then the human patient is fine again because they're not holding that other being, giving them a purpose. And um, so, so when you're working with an elemental, sometimes elemental just needs to be released and help them find another job. And sometimes they need you to not be resisting them or, or just to be a good neighbor. Like if you're going to be a good neighbor at this spring, then treat this spring with respect and I won't yell at you anymore. So this is, I'm going to put a couple things you've said together and then we'll, then we'll go back to the same question, which is sort of how do we sense that it's actually more of a, a, a resident plant spirit or spirit of the land mm-hmm. you know that's sig- okay so there's something you said earlier that i thought was important i just want to highlight again so for example let's say there is a spirit there whose job is to protect the quality of a spring and the spring has dried up so now you have a grumpy i don't have my job to do anymore i don't know where to go i mean it's like it's like when you're stuck on the couch and you can't get up because you're depressed because you don't you don't know what your job is mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. we have this this stagnant element or water elemental so the you know one part of the water elementals is all about the flow of the energy somewhere so here we have this stagnant energy which then begins to attract other funky energies that are attracted to stagnation which then begins to attract other human energies that are stuck here because of stagnation and so, you know, we tend to come in from this very human perspective that now there's a human that wants to buy a house here and now they bought their house and now they're getting depressed. So they, we think they're the patient and then somebody comes in and does a big ghost busting because, oh my God, there's all these spirits here supposedly because the person's depressed. But the reality, if we follow the whole story, is this whole thing begins with this elemental energy which is originally supposed to be there, which which is holding the stagnant energy, which attracted the other stagnant energy, which attracted all the stagnant ghost energy, which attracted the stagnant person, right? <laughs> and Correct. so, I, you know, it's important for us, if we are going to be practitioners, to stop being so human-centered and learn to look at the whole picture here in the middle world. It is not as simple from a shamanic perspective to just say everything is either you know an extraction depossession or a soul retrieval energy retrieval or we all need to go do ayahuasca i mean it's just not that simple and that if we're going to practice let's practice if we're going to practice let's challenge ourselves to start serving life which means we have to understand this whole picture as Daniel is describing it really beautifully, not just look at everything from the perspective of what makes the humans feel better. Because sometimes the humans are actually the illness. 
they are actually the problem. And so, you know, as we're listening here about elementals and land spirits, since they, I think of them as being the, the most directly affected by us and us by them, you know, as practitioners, we need to learn to discern the bigger picture of what's really going on. I think Daniel's doing a beautiful job talking about how how we are actually in an energetic dynamic with our environment. And it's not as simple as to say the middle, middle world's all full of problematic energy, so we need to depossess it all. I mean, it's just not that simple. <laughs> so anyway, you want to add anything to that, Daniel? I think you're actually already doing a really good job. Yeah, no, that's, that's an example I tell people. Look, what if you got three trillion cells in your body and you've got a hundred times more that than that of microbes? I mean, we're mostly microbes. Yeah. <laughs> but right. we don't know that and we don't right. care. Our and brain we're a great and we're a great ecology. Mm-hmm. And and some of these things are that are icky are very important to our survival. We wouldn't we couldn't live without them. Mm-hmm. So so they're only icky because we don't know better. Right. You know, and maybe we shouldn't accept that money from that land developer that we think is so cool that they want us to come clear the land so this development will finally go through. You know, maybe you should figure out first whether that development should go through. And that's always the problem because most of the time, hardly anybody asks us, I have this land. I have people who need somewhere to live. How can I develop this land in a way which is healthy for the land and the people. Nobody hardly ever asks that because they're only concerned about how much it's going to cost, which ultimately is very costly. Yeah. Okay. And, and we know that, so, so we look at it. But once somebody has gone and made a mess, then – you know, Christina, I look at you and I as we're mostly we're janitors. <laughs> and, but in the process, sometimes we can get the people we're helping to realize they can do it themselves. They don't have to call us every time. They can clean it up themselves. They can not make the mess themselves. And that they actually really have a better life yeah and and that's that's what we're we're trying to bring to their attention and people don't i don't think people realize how skilled they are you create a problem you or someone creates a problem and we can turn around and make a sacred site out of a horrible place in fact usually that's what happens the more horrible it is the more sacred the site is becomes because we get focused on it and we clean mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. So what is being missed is not, wow, this horrible event happens. We need to go in. It's like, who all is affected by this horrible event? Why did the horrible event go there? And I keep going further and further back and say, how did this, where was the actual beginning of this? The event's not the source. The event is the end so I start looking for the source and, and I'll follow lines of energy and I say, how did this even, how did a person even get to the point where they could be so unconscious? And, and in the process, I, uh, you know, I'm led to a place that says, oh, here's a, here's a place that 
could be nourishing, but a person goes here and every time they go here, they go into pain. Whose pain is it? And how do I clean it up? And, and where does it, and, and is, it, is this pain like pouring into another line of energy that takes it over to neighbors? It's one of the nice things about our work. My work is the person who brings me in to, initially with the problem sometimes helps hundreds of other people who don't even know it directly. But you can watch whole, whole neighborhoods start to get better and change because... Yeah because you've you found a source yeah. and and we constantly are creating them and co-creating them and we don't you know i don't know maybe the energetic world creates some problems too but that we feel and we don't know what to do about it because we can't see it so we just keep asking questions try to be good neighbors with elementals mm-hmm. and and they're not all bad even even if they're grumpy and crabby maybe there's a real good reason Right. And if you can, and if you can make them your ally, then when you call on them, they will talk to the other element and say, "Well, why don't you listen to this guy? He's he's actually here. He's not here to help. He's actually here asking, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what can he do that will make this better for everybody and everything? And and then they tell you, and they tell you in sometimes not real conscious ways. You might get it in a dream. Sometimes they just want you to say, I'm sorry. That's the whole Oponopono is a very powerful yeah. part of my work. Sometimes all I want to do is say, I'm, I'm sorry. Here, here's your energy back. And will you give me mine back? And, and it's, it works. And, and it's so way how easier do you know to do it? that with nature spirits than with your last relationship. Yeah, somebody. That's where we we have someone else come in to help us fill in the communication gaps and the lack of skill sets yeah. that we do that we have to clear it up. But you know, okay. You, so Daniel, let's go back. Yeah, yeah, let's go back to this place where you said really clearly. I thought it was a beautiful kind of sort of fundamental way to understand elementals, which is they have sort of a le- they're less complex in a sense because they are so essential. And that they tend to have a job or a function. So what were you going to say then about how, how do you get a sense that this energy that you're starting to connect with is more a feature of the land or the plants there? And I don't necessarily mean you know, the, the quickly changing ones as it moves through the seasons, but those that are more res- resident there. Right. <laughs> Pretty much, I just ask. <laughs> I ask. I, I go through and say, who, who are the air elementals who live here? Who are the earth elementals who live here? Which is different from... We get a little confused with earth and dirt sometimes. right? Mm-hmm. And who are the fire elementals, water elementals? Who are you? Will you talk to me? And sometimes you can get a picture in your head. Sometimes you just like to get an emotional sense. And you can feel that they're old. Now, we are very old, too, as beings. But as a particular human, not so old. But and the same thing with the elementals. They might, 
They might be hundreds of years old, thousands. I really don't know. But you can tell they've been there a long time. And they have history, like a tree, 300-year-old tree. And you hold it. And it says, oh, yeah. And it's just, it gives you some feeling. I, I get it emotionally. I'm an emotional person, so I get it emotional. If you're an intellect, you'll probably get it in words. Um, someone else might get it very physically. They just have more energy or not. So you, you ask them to speak your language. And they will. Uh, and that's part of you learning how to be still and how to listen and be who you are. And, and when you say they speak your language, you mean in part that they also speak through your own symbolic language or your own intuitive language. Yes. Now, we have, we have a beautifully designed brain that wants to make sense of things. It will make sense of things. That's why we want to get as much real knowledge as possible so it doesn't have to make stuff up, uh, which it will, to fill in the gaps. So... You have a natural nature, your fire, earth, air, water nature of your own. And if you allow that, they will often speak to you in that nature. They all, all the elements know how to speak the other elements language, at least a little bit. And they will, they will bring to you the one that will speak to you the most. And if it's a plant, it might be a water plant. Might be a plant that lives better in heat. I don't know which it is. It depends on what's there. We we take what is there, and we just be receptive. Uh, I I don't want to try to get anybody the sense that they don't have one hundred percent capacity to do it, no matter who they are or where they're at. They'll just do it different from me, but it's just as valid, and it may work better than what I would do. Well, and also, you know, I'd like to also comment that there – okay, so in the old, old stories of all the people all around the world, it always begins with this – doesn't begin. At a certain point, there's a stage at which the people and the plants and the animals and everything, often the what we would call now deities, are all living together and all communicating fully and freely. And then blah, blah, blah happens and the humans forget how to communicate with everybody else. That's a real typical right. part of – history here on earth now with that said there's a whole lot of people and they usually show up on youtubes these days that have an amazing capacity to communicate with the plant world for example or an amazing capacity to communicate with animals and so the value i think in what you're saying right now daniel is that we don't need to hold ourselves to that standard to be able to be functional with the energies that are right around us that all of us have enough intuitive capacity to just tune in, as you're saying, and find our way graciously and by asking questions, you know, to find our way to communicate with the plants and the elementals and the, the, the energies that are, that are around us in our everyday life. And then that, that we shouldn't hold ourselves to this standard of extreme capacity and talent because, it's, it, you know, it's kind of like, Everybody sings in their car, and everybody loves it. 
That doesn't mean we want to hear you recording your songs, right? But everybody can sing. You know, it's, I feel like that's what you're saying. Is like everybody can do this. You just need to open up to how it's going to work with you and, and try. Ask questions. Give it a whirl. Yeah, and exactly. don't hold such a high standard. Well, and, and if I were to find a concert, because I have friends I ask for help when I'm confused or I just said, you know, I just want you to check in with, do I have this right? And they will look and they'll tell me what they see. They may see something different from mine, but doesn't mean it's contradictory or it's bad or I'm doing it wrong. They're just giving me more information that I couldn't get myself because I know their nature. I know mm-hmm. their intentions. But what I know about them is they got big hearts. They know how to connect with the earth and the center of the universe. And they have good intentions for everything and everybody involved. And they're gonna they're just gonna be straight with me. So once you've got the heart, then you ask a question or you do something. If you don't have a real question, you try something. And then if your feeling makes you feel if you feel very heavy or icky, you didn't get it right. But if you feel lighter, that sort of aha, I understand, or oh, that was good, then you got it right. You didn't hurt anybody. So um, that's that's about as simple as I could get it to tell people Mm -hmm. how to treat the earth and the people around them. Come from your heart. And if your stomach hurts when you do something, you probably ought to reevaluate it. (laughs) If you feel heavy, reevaluate it. Try saying, you know, I didn't get that right. I'm sorry. What can I do? What can I do here to to make this better? We're constantly asking that. So, Daniel, as we've talked with different guests about working with different um, spirit energies, um, one of the questions I've asked everybody is, are there particular cautions, not just due to the nature of this energy, that you should keep in mind if you're wanting to connect with, for let's start first with elemental energies, particular things that are unique to that energy so we should be aware of it as we engage Maybe because it's the place people tend to mess up when they work with this energy. Anything you can think of for elementals? <laughs> yeah, deciding what's best for them without asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, number one. Number two, <laughs> they don't work best by taking us over. We do our work, they do their work, the work combines. Otherwise, I do not turn myself over to them. But I ask them questions and ask them to show me, take me somewhere, help me understand what's needed. Um, But mostly, uh, you know, I'm just going to tell you one quick one. The guys in California decided they were going to stop earthquakes with their earth acupuncture. And it's like... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is about as stupid as anything I've ever heard because the earth will blow up if you make it stop moving. <laughs> well, just a bad idea. It's a bad concept. They weren't going to accomplish what they wanted, but they could create a big mess in the process because what kind of earth elementals and energies are involved in, in moving 
these the molten part of the earth and the water and the air currents and this beautiful pattern that we're all living in. I'm not I'm not smart enough to mess with that. I don't know anybody who is, but I can certainly help clean up my neighborhood, mm-hmm. which will help someone else clean up theirs, and it just moves on. So are there any particular cautions you would share around working with these plant land spirit kind of energies that are, you know, resident here with us? Mm-hmm. Um, listen to them. I mean, if, if you go into a place that's loaded with poison oak, that is not a good place for humans. That is not a human energy. Other things live there. It's just not compatible for us. Native Americans said not a good idea to live in in uh, the redwoods areas, the the big trees. That's not our energy. So, listen. The cautions are: listen and don't assume anything till you've asked. Even then, don't assume. Just keep asking questions. But there's. I'm not afraid of, I haven't found the elementals, any of them, are, for any reason for me, be afraid of them, even if they're angry. Now, there's other kinds of entities that I'm a little bit afraid of, or used to be, I'm not as afraid of them now, because I'm better at expressing my intention and asking the three questions, may I, can I, should I, those are my cautions. Always ask, may I, can I, should I, before I do anything involving another entity, being, creature. Okay. So I was going to share... Safe. Yeah. I was going to share the story of what you did here on our land, um... Just kind of, uh, but I'm kind of running out of time. So before I do that, I did want to comment that, you know, another aspect of elemental energy is weather. And the reason that it's kind of, I think of it as the conspiracy of the of the elements and we call it weather. Um, but I didn't do a separate show on that because I just want to remind people that there's a show from 2011, actually, with Nan Moss and David Corbin um, of the Shaman Circle and this this was a show done prior to David's death, obviously, um, <laughs> because Nan and David did a lot of work together um, on weather shamanism. And they've written a book called Weather Shamanism, Harmonizing Our Connection with the Elements. And that book is about creating an alliance and working partnership with the spirits of the weather to restore well-being and harmony to the earth and ourselves. And it's a lovely um, offering for us, um, resource for us these days. And they also um, have completed a, a second collaboration, which is a divination set called Cloud Dancing Cards, Wisdom from the Sky. Um, which is, you know, just like a tarot deck, but with cards and a particular wisdom working with clouds and the sky energy. So I just wanted to comment that you you could um, consider that show um, connected in here with this whole series about working with different kinds of spirits, but in particular recognizing weather as also being part of that group of elementals and land spirits that affect us very immediately in our life and and we actually affect it 
And the more we can understand that, the more we can work together, even with things like the weather. And and I and I'm suggesting that for things other than just making sure it doesn't rain on your soccer game. That there's sort of bigger bigger projects at hand. Um, so Daniel, in our last I don't know five minutes here, four or five minutes, is there anything else that you would want to share just about your work and? Maybe your sense, even if you want to just share a story about where something that you felt worked really well, maybe one of those really horrible sites that got turned into a really sacred site or something. <sighs> uh, gosh, they all turn into sacred sites for me <laughs> <laughs> when I do it. But um, one of the well, in those big events, these terrible events like happened in Florida, I have found often that going to the site hasn't really – it didn't need what I thought it needed because there's so many people coming and honoring and protecting and healing that are the things that happened at 9-11. I was really surprised how little there was for me to do there. But the outside areas was was where all my action was, out, you know, peripheral areas. But I did go to a spot in Texas once that had uh, a ranch owner had asked me to come and help because ever since they'd done a healing circle, which turned it out to be a witch's circle, yeah. what they called a witch's healing, a Wicca healing circle. But the people who organized it were her relatives who wanted to steal the ranch from her. Hmm. And they did that circle right on a main energy line in the property, which happened to go right through what I call the heart center. Every piece of property has what I call a heart center. Just, you know, and, and it split the heart. And, and every other geomancer said, well, the heart's over here. And someone says, no, the heart's over there. I said, that's because the heart's supposed to be here. It's been split. So when I did the healing work and that circle, by the way, nobody who was healed in that. People got very sick who had been healed in that circle because it wasn't done for a good purpose. And they left it open. They didn't close it. So the elementals were running amok. So I got them closed up got it closed up and I went and I pulled that heart center back together by just asking it to come back together and walking them together and grounding them with me and from that point on that woman took over the ranch started treating it like it was hers got the people off the property who didn't need to be there and the whole thing blossomed so there's a lot of different ways this can manifest. But to me, when she took the ranch back and she took it to heart, she took over it. It had been in her family for a long, long time. There was a healing that happened. And the people, oh, there were some people mad at me for that. And I was very pleased. <laughs> well, <laughs> because they didn't belong. So yeah. that was the best I could tell you for quickie. Beautiful. Well, Daniel, thank you for doing your work in the world, even when people thought you were being a weirdo. <laughs> so thank you. And thanks for the the maturity that has come as you've really dedicated yourself to doing this work. Um, 
I want to remind everybody, if you want to reach Daniel, you can reach him at Daniel Abney, D-A-N-I-E-L-A-B-N-E-Y, Daniel Abney at gmail.com, or you can just go to danielabney.com to the website and connect with Daniel. And as he's described, you know, some of these things can be getting a prescription for what really needs to be done, and then perhaps you would be able to do it. So even if you're far, far away... Um, maybe maybe this could be something that could help you. So, um, you know, please feel free to reach out um, to Daniel for this work. So again, Daniel, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us here today. We give gratitude to the earth below and the sky above, to the ancestral energies and all the energies that gather around us in every day to help us, and to the heart energy in us as humans that helps to unite it all. And for everybody out there, as you as you walk through your week, uh, perhaps you can open up whatever your strongest sense is and become more um, familiar with those energies that are moving through your day with you. So enjoy that over the week. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening.